So hello and welcome to You're Like Really Pretty, where backhanded compliments become face-forward self-awareness, where we find the space between being a strong, independent woman and also sometimes needing someone to buy you a donut. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, So I chose the name You're Like Really Pretty because it's a line from one of my all-time favorite movies, Mean Girls. Not only did that movie give me something to grasp onto in the throes of high school and also introduce me to women like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, really positive influences uh, during that time, but because it was very clearly and simply states the experience that women have every day, fully loaded questions and unachievable expectations in regards to your answer. When Lindsay Lohan's character responds to someone telling her she's really pretty with thank you, the response is immediate judgment. So you agree. You think you're really pretty. Lohan stutters at literally not knowing how to respond. By saying thank you, she is immediately viewed as conceited or vain. Uh, So it just shows that you can't be polite and show self-confidence without also appearing shallow and vapid. And that is partly what we're here to discuss. There are a thousand and one reasons as women, we make these snap judgments, quick decisions, assumptions about each other and our own lives. A lot of the time it comes from outside influences such as the media, our home lives, the way in which we were raised. So how do we rewrite the narrative and how we relate to each other? Not only relating to each other, but how do we narrate to the men in our lives exactly what we experience in day-to-day scenarios? So I want to share these experiences. I want to share the good, the bad, the ugly, and the really pretty. Is that good? Terrible? That sounded so good. Okay, great. (laughs) My name is Lizzie Smith. I am a 30-something lady. Uh, living outside Boston, Massachusetts. I'm joined today by Jennifer Slash, and I will let her kind of introduce herself a little bit, tell us a little bit about herself before we get started. Hey, so I'm Jennifer Slash, but I go by Jen with two N's. Um, let's see how to summarize yourself in like just a few sentences, right? This is always like a big... Fully loaded. Like, oh yeah, fully loaded thing. <laughs> so... I am a friend. I am a wife. I am a mother. I'm a clinician. I'm a human being in the world. (laughs) And right now, just a person really trying to adjust to new role, being in a new role, which is being a new mother uh, and trying to do that in the midst of COVID and just the insanity that seems to be the world right now. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, great. So another fully loaded question, like I'm coming right out the gate here. Uh, so everybody, I've got my Kevlar on. <laughs> <laughs> so every, every guest I'm going to have on the show, I'm going to ask them this question. And it's like, there's no judgment, obviously here. This is we're trying to create a judgment free zone. Um, and I do it all the time still. Um, so just like full honesty, getting everything out there. Um, so I'm going to ask everyone, Um, was there ever a time that you really prettied someone? Did you automatically make an assumption about someone based on their appearance, their style, the way they presented themselves? Uh, Did you find yourself in a situation where outside influences kind of made you feel a certain way about someone in your life? Uh, and is there something you would have liked to have told yourself then that, you know, now? Well, yeah, like I'm a human being (laughs) and I feel like it's just, it is part of being a human. Mm-hmm. I think that realistically, the more I've learned to kind of like be compassionate in how I see myself and judge myself, using that lens towards others has become like increasingly easier. Mm-hmm. But I definitely still fall into that trap um, for sure. I noticed too, I, w- I was thinking about this one and I was like, oh, I, don't, I can't think of any time where this happened. And then I thought of this, the poop face girl. And I'm not going to say where I know this girl from or how or where, but it it happened. She, she's not a smiling person. And so initially when I met her, I just like immediately felt like this, like, oh, I can't read her. I don't know who she is. She seems really negative. So I'd be like nice to her, but I always had this like guard up around her. And I think like some of that just came, comes from like this socialization of feeling like girls have to smile all the time and be super friendly 
or they're not really friendly. Yep. And I had to do like a lot of processing around that. But like in my mind, the default setting would be like when I'd refer to her would be poop face girl. She has a name. Obviously. <laughs> uh, but I, and I, and I've had other poop face girls. There's been other poop face girls like sure. in the world for me. Uh, ultimately this one came through for me in a major pinch when they had no reason to, and, and getting to know this person they're they are, they're a little bit like more negative about how they see things, but they always come through for people when they need it. And also like, you always know where you stand with that person. Whereas I feel like some of the girls that I immediately like because they were more smiley mm-hmm. and friendly, I don't always know or didn't always know where I was standing. So I think like it just goes to show you like you can't judge a book by its, it's poop face. 100%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's definitely going to be times where you just don't vibe with someone like you get to know someone and you're like, you know, what, we're just like we are not going to be like super close friends or right. um, obviously the things that people do is like kind of what we decide we don't like but um I've definitely been guilty of that too right like why doesn't she yeah why doesn't she smile more and like where do you think we get that narrative from because right (laughs) (laughs) shocker and and if a dude said to if I heard like a dude say to somebody like oh you should really just smile I'd be like you need to shut up like that's not appropriate but we do that internally to each other all the time too, I feel right. Like. And now I guess the point, like you're saying, and now you're reflecting back on it and you're like, I totally did that. I totally did that to someone. Um, I was trying to think back about, so when I gave you this question, I was trying to think back to when like the first instance of me doing that was, and it was a really long time ago. I was like super young, but I remember it was, I think it was Monica Lewinsky, honestly. <sighs> Because, wow. yeah, because I was like, I was trying to think of the first time I let like outside influence direct my judgment about someone. And like, I was super duper young and all you ever heard about Monica Lewinsky's were jokes about her. It was never about like the shitty situation she was put in, like how the media like attacked her and made her this scapegoat. Like I didn't know any about that for a really, really long time, but I was like a super young impressionable girl. And I'm like, Oh, like that was like the first time someone said the word slut or like the first time I think I really judged someone just based on what I was hearing about them instead of like actually like listening to what was going on. And that was really like, I was young when that whole thing happened. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like, and that was like from all sides, whether you supported or didn't support Clinton. Right. It was totally 100% agreed on that Monica Lewinsky was a slut. Yep. And then there was a cross narrative of Hillary Clinton, uh, like, wasn't satisfying her man, standing by her man. She's an icebox. She's not like, it's somehow her fault. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. So I think that's classic. I, I think it's really interesting you point that case out, though, too. Because that the narrative has really shifted around mm-hmm. Monica Lewinsky uh, recently, as we do look at her with this like twenty, you know, twenty 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 one lens. Yep. But I mean, like, yeah, that's classic. I good point. <laughs> so, and I still do it all the time. Like, I still I catch myself doing it all the time. Like, I didn't give this question to be like, so <laughs> when do you judge people? Um, <laughs> so I could judge you right now. <laughs> <laughs> And it should be fair. I was thinking, I was like, I think I maybe even did it with you a little bit when I first met you because I was like, wow, she's really pretty and she's super nice. And she has this like Southern accent that's like super cute and does all these things for charity. Like no one's that nice. No one's like that genuine. And I was a little bit like annoyed at first. And then I'm like, but it was probably because I wasn't doing anything like that in my own life. I was probably feeling like, wow, maybe I should get more involved in with my community. Like, maybe I should be doing these things. But like my, the first reaction was like, what's her deal? What's up with that? What's up with that? But again, we all, we all do it. You right. know, we all do. It's, it's just like, and I think again, probably like if we met now, you'd be less likely to do that because again, you're, you've matured. I've matured. Right. And we have this like, I think greater love. Like I feel like the love that I have for myself now versus like 10 oh, yes. years ago is so different. So and different. It, it helps you just be more um, excited to meet people as yes. opposed to threatened. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it was definitely, yeah, that, that, that threatened feeling 100%. Like that's the 
perfect way to put it. Don't feel bad. I was like completely frightened by you and everybody. <laughs> we're a lot. We're, we're a lot to deal with at first. A lot of good things, though. I always. I mean, yeah. it's Valentine's Day. I don't know when this will air, but it is Valentine's today as we record this. Mm-hmm. And I always say to you girls, like, I feel like meeting you guys was like one of the greatest love stories oh. of my life. There's so many meet cutes, first of all. So many meet cutes. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that as the friendships matured and we matured, it's just been such an affirming thing to have one another in each other's Absolutely. Life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, like the way that you interact with someone when you're 21 is very different from the way you interact with someone when you're 31 and you've had more experiences. And a little bit, I think more, I mean, obviously like even at this age, we're all still dealing with the way that we feel about ourselves on like a daily basis, but, um, continuing journey, continuing (laughs) journey. (laughs) Um, so yeah. So, I mean, the reason that I wanted to bring you on as like, you know, my first guest, um, was because, um, you're a new mom Yes. and you're not only a new mom, but you're a new mom in the middle of a pandemic. Yes. (laughs) So, um, and I just, I I feel it. And I've always felt um, that whether, I mean, the judgment starts really early, right? And I feel like it's, you get a lot of questions even before you're pregnant, like whether or not you're thinking about having kids. Mm -hmm. And if that, you know, for some reason for a long time, that narrative was like perfectly acceptable to ask someone like, oh, do you have kids? Why not? Are you planning on it? Like, and I feel like that better get on it. Yeah. You're only, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, and it's like, and I feel like maybe part of it was a generate generational thing. Like I feel like there is a more of an understanding now that that really isn't an okay thing to ask a woman, but it does still happen. You know, for some reason people think it's okay to ask. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I feel like even before you're pregnant, you get all of these like judgments and questions. And then, um, you know, new moms especially uh, just are really judged and people are quick to make snap, um, like snap judgments and decisions and share unwanted information with you. Um, And especially now with social media contributing to it, um, what were you able to kind of turn off that noise or was it difficult to constantly be second guessing like a decision you made uh, when like a new article would come out or someone would show up on your Facebook and be like, Oh, you should try this or do that. Um, And so do like, and so how do you turn off that noise? And are there suggestions you would give a new mom or a soon to be mom out there about making decisions about their pregnancy and parenting? Um, you know, like, is it hard to toe the line between like wanting advice and being completely bogged down by all the information? Oh yeah. So like, I am one of those people that's like forever second guessing, even when I'm going to eat for dinner. Sure. So like the, what do you want to eat for dinner is like a super loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, wait, wait, I don't know. Like what choice will I make? Um, so I think the parenting, woof, like that's definitely ripe with uh, indecision in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yes, I'm constantly second guessing like what I do as a parent. Um, you know, I really thought about this. Like my mom and my my grandmother are both gone. Most oh. of our friends don't have kids. Sure. Um, those that do aren't super close by to where I live. And then my family's all far away. So I did kind of pretty heavily rely on, um, articles, apps. Sure. You know, I, um, also am a clinician, so I work with kids. So I have so much information, um, about attachment and, uh, social emotional learning. So that's all really handy and Mm -hmm. and super great. But again, became like an area where I was like, oh no, I know if I don't do this right, maybe this could lead to this, this and that. Right. So I was in my head all, I am in my head a lot. Um, You know, you do get conflicting information from your pediatrician versus Mm. your friend versus like Pinterest. (laughs) Um, I know like, I, I, Pinterest, like what a relationship. I don't know what I do without it, but sometimes right. it drives me bananas. I'm like, but this pin says to this and this pin says that. Well, 
they're just p- pins that people put like who knows what's after <laughs> I mean, I can't even imagine being like doing parenting stuff on Pinterest. Like I look on Pinterest and I'm like, well, I don't know how to fucking decorate my own house. God, this is awful. Like what other people are doing. I thought our nursery looked great. And then I went on Pinterest and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I didn't like hand stencil everything. I got some stickers off Amazon and stuck them on the wall, which let me just like, just a brief aside. We have these like koala tree, koala stickers and koala and like you could like eucalyptus there we go eucalyptus tree um stickers that like was rocket science to get those things on the wall so like that actually was like harder to put together than the crib but no like I didn't hand stencil like everything in the room and like organically uh Mm -hmm. paint ever whatever there's so many like little and that in itself probably gives you self-doubt right like that probably makes you feel like oh my god I should be doing so much more because it's so easily out there for you to see oh yeah and a lot of times it's not even actual people that are like currently raising kids doing that they're staging things or there are things that they wish they could have done. I mean, mm-hmm. there are, there are those moms out there with that energy. They, they t- yep. Sometimes, sometimes I am that mom. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I reach that level and it's like amazing, but it's just like, it's not sustainable to be like that level of mom every day. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just not. So yeah, I definitely, I think also COVID really amplified that. Um, on social media, I just felt like everyone that I would see had really high standards of keeping isolated during COVID. Sure. And with their children, I had a lot of people that like, I am more Facebook friends with that were having babies around the same time. So like, definitely a lot of love for them, but they're not people I speak to on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And they were just like, really um, isolated. And I already felt so isolated Mm -hmm. as a new mom. Like I was really, I really struggled. Um, right after Nova was born. Uh, and so I think being a new parent is isolating on its own and then you add in COVID and it's just Mm -hmm. like, it's so hard. So I really had to figure out how to survive in a way that felt like healthy for Mm -hmm. me and my family. And that ultimately included mental health. Mm -hmm. And that meant allowing my best friend, who's essentially like my sister, um, into the door. And I honestly don't know how I would have made it, how my husband and my son and I would have made it Mm. if we hadn't opened the door to her. But I was like in, um, fear and anxious about people judging that like, maybe we didn't take COVID serious enough that we didn't take Nova's health seriously Mm. enough because I just was like, well, everyone else is able to do this and be isolated because you had to ask for help. Right. And that in itself is like, so it's not only hard to do, but it's hard to do when you think that someone is going to judge you for it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I'm sure stops new parents from asking for help. Oh yeah. Cause I was like, wait, everyone else seems to be able to do this without needing this help. What I would find out is like somebody, maybe their mom uh, quarantined and then was like helping with care or like a sister or somebody else had, had, but I didn't know that. All I thought was I'm the only one that needs to like access this extra level of help. Maybe I'm putting us at risk because of COVID. I don't know. Um, So it did. I was so anxious, but Mm -hmm. ultimately one of my friends, um, she had given me like a card and in it she's basically she wrote like don't worry about the noise what you decide is best for your family is best for your family and that really helped like that really helped I had to really remember like again I knew that mentally I needed that support my husband needed that support like our mental health would not be in good standing if we hadn't opened up that door so I recognized like that was what was best for us. And that's my advice too. like, whatever is best for your family is best for your family. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's exactly like, yeah, the narrative of of the noise, right? Like turning off the noise. Um, So do you think there, there is resources out there? Like, would you say like, maybe ignore Pinterest a little and focus more on like advocacy for parents and that kind of thing? Yeah. I think like, you know, if you can find one or two like moms, 
parents, loving people, they, whoever you feel like like a, a grown up. <laughs> I don't know about you. I don't always feel like a grown up, so I definitely oh, yeah. have resources that are like my grown up resources. Mm-hmm. Like pick maybe one, two, three of them that you really trust, and let them be your guides. They're not your oh, map. But they help like guide you and give you like resources so you can consult with them, consult with your own gut and filter everything out. Um, I also like one thing that I was incredibly blessed with and and I didn't do as much research before. I just kind of picked someone that someone told me they liked, Mm -hmm. um, but the pediatrician. Oh. Yeah. Our pediatrician is like, he... (laughs) He's so funny. He's kind of like if Danny DeVito was a pediatrician (laughs) and slightly taller, he's just like somehow terrifying, (laughs) isn't it? And yet I love this man. That's true. (laughs) I mean, I feel, I don't know. I feel like I always remember Danny DeVito even before he was on, like, it's always sunny. I remember him as the dad in Matilda. And I feel like that narrative has stuck with me. (laughs) That is frightening. (laughs) For 20 years. Listen, this, our doctor, Dr. P, I won't give his full name because he might not, he'll be like, wait, why is she comparing me to Danny DeVito? I don't know. He's like, he is such a quirky dude. Yeah. But like the very first thing, one of the very first things is he recognized that Nova was super healthy. And then he looked at me and he looked at my husband Mm. and he said, what are you doing to make sure she's okay? Oh, and it was like the first time, because I will say this, like when you're pregnant, it's all about you and the beautiful glow when you're um, going into the delivery all mm-hmm. about you and your beautiful journey. As soon as that baby is born, nothing is about you. Mm. And then even less is about your husband. Yep. Um, so like it was the first time since my son was born that someone had kind of really looked at me and been like, we're concerned. Like, you know, maybe, maybe wow. to worry about you too. So he, he has been a huge blessing. So if you can find a pediatrician mm. that you feel is treating the entirety of your family. Not just the, yeah, the baby. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're, I mean, you're a unit at that point. Like it's not, yeah, it's not as much as I'm sure it's so easy to feel well. Cause yeah, you have to like ensure because a newborn baby is like a Fabergé egg that you can't <laughs> like t- touch the wrong way or it will literally just like break. So, um, so yeah, like that's of course where all of your focus is. So I'm sure it's very easy to lose yourself in that and stop. Yeah. Like taking care of yourself, even in little ways. So kind of on that, like, are, is there any little like self-care like little things like even if it's like drinking eight glasses of water a day like is there (laughs) anything that you would say like to new moms like just kind of building on that yeah self-care self-care is really hard right after Mm -hmm. you have a baby but it's so important um it's it's really interesting you know I I have been a therapist for so many years And so a lot of the things that I found myself saying to myself, I have said to other moms before, Mm -hmm. um, but feeling the weight of it on my own self, it was like, oh, it was such a different, um, Mm. a different story. I I feel like having my son, he's, he's only seven months old. It's really enriching the work that I'm doing because now when I say things, I can infuse so much more empathy and understanding in it. Sure. But I would say to moms and dads all the time, like you have to take care of yourself because taking care of yourself Mm -hmm. is taking care of your child. If you cannot have time to nourish yourself at all, you're going to deplete yourself of energy. Mm. And then that takes away from your ability to give the kind of attention you'd probably like Mm -hmm. to your kid. Um, So I'd say that all the time and I would say that to myself now, but it's really quickly, it's really easy to come up with these like, but I need to do this. I need to do that. Like Mm -hmm. the ship is going to fall apart if I don't do this. Like there's no, um, there's no taking a break to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But you have to, um, you, you absolutely have to, whether it's taking like some time to zone out on TikTok for a little bit and just mm-hmm. watch things that make you laugh. Um, like 
watch cat videos. <laughs> That's I very feel helpful. like a lot of the world's problems can be solved by watching cat videos. Like, I mean that that cat lawyer video that came out recently. Like, I feel like that could like put that in the emergency room. <laughs> like, you need the cat video stat. The cat like, video stat. Yeah, immediately. So anything you can do, but things that also just help you get in touch mm-hmm. with who you were before you were a parent. Yes. I think that's important. Too. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Doing something, even if it's just a small part, like maybe you used to read an hour before bed. You mm-hmm. don't have the bandwidth reading five pages before bed. Okay. Just something that reminds you, like, don't feel like you have to do it all. Oh, I used to hike 10 miles every weekend. Okay. I can't do that, but the baby can stay with dad and mm-hmm. I'm going to go walk for a mile around the block. Something, something that just gets you. I love with, that. Like, you I love before. that. I think that's so I've never, because I, so I don't, I don't have kids, obviously. Um, you have fluff. So I have fluff. <laughs> yes. I have, I have my fluff child. Um, but, uh, that's something that I never would have thought about and like really why I wanted to like have like, you know, do this episode because I want to just have a little bit of better understanding of like, cause you know that new moms are going through a lot, but you don't really know a lot of it. Like, you know, obviously you're tired and your main focus is this new, you know, child that you're like, making sure nothing bad happens to you. (laughs) But I never would have thought that. I never would have thought that like in the process, you are probably losing a little bit of who you were before you had your child. And of course you are like, you are a new person because there's a new person like in your life. Um, So I love that. And it's okay to mourn who you were before. Yep. And to mourn who you were, your relationship was before, how it was before, because that changes like immediately. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's okay. You can mourn those things mm-hmm. and still love your baby. Yes. And love who you're developing into, but it doesn't mean you have to forget a hundred percent. hundred percent. So I love it. I love like just taking like little glimpses and bringing them back in. I think that that sounds like that would be really important. I love that. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So what else we got here? Um, so yeah, so we talked a little bit about like social media, like being a resource or a nuisance or like a little bit of both. Because um, <laughs> I, I feel like that's before or after a baby. I too, think it's right? just all the time now, right? Yes. I mean, <laughs> I've been like, I've been unfollowing like pages left and right just because of all this like crazy like diet culture stuff that I'm seeing. And I like literally just have like no patience for it anymore. Um, Okay, so yeah, we still kind of touched. Other story. That's a whole other podcast right there. That's a whole other podcast right there. Oh my god. Um, oh, and that's okay. So that was yeah, asking for help as a new parent. Um, okay, so all right, yeah, getting down to the nitty gritty. So, are there questions that people would ask you either like whether when you were pregnant or like as a new mom that you wish? <laughs> people would stop asking you. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, okay. So I started showing that I was pregnant maybe a month or so before the pandemic. Okay. Also like I've never been like a really skinny girl. So I don't think most people were going to ask because it's like, I think that she's pregnant, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that she's pregnant. And then the pandemic happened. Mm. So I was like isolated for a huge chunk of the pregnancy. I actually think that that was so helpful. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly, I do because I wasn't getting asked all of these like strange questions. Mm. I wasn't um, interacting with strangers in a way where, you know, because strangers are really real comfortable talking oh. to women that I found. Oh, real comfortable. Real I mean, comfortable. I, and touching them. Uh, can we, so can we, st- I mean, I don't want to talk for all ladies everywhere, but can we just make a, a general statement that you should never touch a stranger at all, let alone a pregnant lady's stomach who you don't know? And I even mean, if you do know them, like if they could be someone who's very sensitive about their pregnancy and does not want you to touch them. 
I think consent, consent, okay. consent, consent, a hundred percent, consent, a hundred percent. There we go. Tagline, right there. Tagline consent, a hundred percent. Exactly. Exactly. Like you, you have to ask consent. Listen, Cordero, my husband, he laughs at me so hard because I took this therapeutic baby massage class. And before you um, massage your baby, yeah. you ask for their consent. Oh. And he's like, WTF, like, how are you asking consent? <laughs> he's like, it, he doesn't even say a single word. And I was like, well, you look in their eyes, <laughs> there's body cues. But I, I'm like, I am building that language. Yes. ASAP. I want day one. Yeah, exactly. Day one consent for his body and mm-hmm. then consent and respect for other people's bodies. Yep. So like, yeah, consent a hundred percent. So no, I am so grateful. I feel like, you know, I was working in Boston at the time I was taking the train. I feel like if, if things had continued, I would have been touched a lot more than I would have. <laughs> I was like, it's so I, wild. I don't even want to be touched by an angel. The angel needs to have consent to like everyone. <laughs> so I, I remember I, I had um, someone close to me who um, had their had, and he's older now, but when um, she had terrible insomnia post baby and the medication that she had to take, um, she couldn't breastfeed because of it. Like she wanted to, it broke her heart that she couldn't breastfeed. It was like part of her plan. But the doctor was also like, you were saying that this doctor is like, you need to sleep. Like you can't not sleep because like that could be really bad, obviously. Um, And so she was in, I think it was a Kohl's department store feeding her newborn out of a bottle and a complete stranger came up to her and said like, I can't believe you're feeding your baby formula. Like, I cannot believe you are not breastfeeding. And she literally, like, she broke down in the middle of coals because this freaking stranger decided it was okay to tell her how she felt about the decision that she was making as a new mom. And I just feel like, who are you in your life? Like, what's going on with you that you feel the need to do that to somebody else? Right. What what are you hoping to accomplish? Like, Mm -hmm. I, I just don't understand that. I, I feel for this person. Um, I will, this is another piece of advice, like <sighs> breastfeeding. breastfeeding, the hospitals really, really, really push it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously there are health benefits. Sure. Um, so not to take away from that, but not all of our bodies can do it. I could not do it. Mm-hmm. And this was like, again, that was part of my plan as well. And it just became, uh, it it began to feel like I was already failing, like from jump, I was already failing, um, because I could not breastfeed. Mm -hmm. It just, and, um, because of outside influence again, because of there's this, like, because there's so much stigma about even now in 2020, like giving your kid formula, so much stigma, even from the hospital, um, they call it a baby's first hospital. And so breastfeeding is considered like going babies first. So they send in lactation specialists. Oh my God. What was so crazy is that on the last day I was there, the lactation specialist was like, you are not making enough milk. She's like, your baby's hungry. And I was like, (laughs) so this is, and I was like, so this is a baby's first hospital. And yet you're letting my baby like starve. I, I was so frustrated and hurt by the situation obviously and it's like as if you're in any state to take any sort of criticism at that point like Jesus you just birthed the fucking human I know exactly (laughs) I mean it was oh and I had the best of both worlds so I birthed him part of the way so I got that experience and then it didn't work and then also had a c-section Jesus I had both of those things and then you know and then I'm being told like you it's not going to happen for you so right out the gate you're not doing it. Oh right. yeah. 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 Right. It yeah. just, it feels so bad. So I feel like, you know, no matter what happens with like a breastfeeding journey, just remember your, your body did what mm-hmm. it needed to do. Your baby's yeah. here honoring your body, honoring your experience. And also just really understanding that your baby will live off formula. <laughs> right. <laughs> it will be fine. It my, be pedi- fine. my pediatrician, Dr. Danny DeVito. Dr. Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> he said, formula fed babies go to Harvard too. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I love that I feel like 
I mean, of course, like, because I remember I saw you, um, it was like towards the end of the fall, I think we did that like outdoor, we watched like the, oh, Celtics, the Celtics game. And we, yes. were all, we were socially distant and everything. And you brought Nova with you and you said something, you said like, he can either be, you're like, your baby can either be a anchor or a barnacle. It, was yes. like, it can either be um, like something that you feel is like, oh, we have to bring the baby. It's like, oh, we could bring the baby with us. Enjoy this experience together. And I loved that too. Like, I still like, I still think about it. Like it still pops in my head it's from so time true. to time. Can I tell you, I got that advice from a dad really yes it was a dad who told me that and he said either your baby can anchor you to home Mm. and you don't leave or they can be your little barnacle and come out with you in the world and experience the world and be a part of of you and everything Mm. else and um yes I I don't think Noel will be listening to this podcast but (laughs) if he does I really want to shout out Noel because um (laughs) he also is a great influence for for dads And I think that was, and I know, and after that, I kind of like reflected on a little bit too, because I feel like um, recently, like when we've been going to, um, well, not recently, obviously, (laughs) like a year and a half ago, when we would go to breweries, we were noticing people there with their kids. And I was like, what are these people doing? Like, why are they here (laughs) at this brewery with their kids? It's a brewery. It's not a place for them, blah, blah, blah. And then now, and then I, and then you said that, and I'm like, geez, these parents are just trying to live their life. Like they are trying to still go out and enjoy their Sunday. If they want to bring their kid in a coloring book. Sure. Like, Why not? Why Why not? not? It's not like the kids drinking a beer. Right. (laughs) Right. And I'm sure these parents are, being safe and not like, I'm sure they probably will say, okay, like I'll have a beer and then I'll drive home. You can have a couple, like, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that they're taking it seriously, but, um, I definitely, I definitely had that judgment of like, why are these people bringing their kids out? And it's like in the, and then I, yeah, hearing you say that I was like, they're just trying to have a good time too. Yeah. Just, I, again, trying to keep in touch with some of who you were before and not feeling like you have to lose that completely. Yeah. I think that's, that's the hardest thing is like, if you start to forget a hundred percent of who you were, Mm. then your role becomes defined by being a parent and your relationship becomes defined by being a parent. And, Mm. um, and you're more well, than that, right? You're you not forever. just a parent. Like it, it, it's it's not like you have a baby and then that's that's all you are. Exactly, exactly. And then uh, eventually they leave, right? Eventually they leave. They don't need you the mm. same way. And and then who are you? Right. Yeah. Who, who's the person next to you? And that's one thing my husband and I we we definitely talked about a lot. We mm-hmm. didn't want ideally at 18, you know, for Nova to, to walk out the door and, and become, uh, and then you're ex- in a house with a stranger. Yeah. Where I'm yeah. looking over and I'm like, well, who's this dude? Like, he looks, <laughs> he looks nice, I guess. Like, <laughs> like look in the mirror. Who's this chick? Right. She's to, like I, she's kind of old looking, huh? Like, I, no, we wanted to, we wanted to still know each other and know yeah. ourselves. Um, yeah. So again, yes, shout out to Noel. And I guess, I mean, shout out to myself for spreading that. Yes, I love <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to go too, too long. So just like touching briefly, you know, like I mentioned, even like I right now, and especially like in like COVID times and just in general as women, our bodies are always like developing and changing. <laughs> and all you see on like the, you know, social media um, is ways that you, your body could be better. Um, so I guess like, so is that something, is that kind of part of as a new mom? I mean, I'm like, as a new mom, as a new parent, um, kind of bringing into the narrative too, of like under, like not more, like more, not like mourning who you were before, but like understand that this is like who you are now and that's okay. Like, it's like, how do you kind of like bring yourself into that place. Yeah. So I think like for the body stuff, Mm -hmm. that's been hard. Um, I've always struggled with like my own body image Mm -hmm. and then like your body definitely changes after having a baby and it doesn't like, there are those women that their body snap right back and they look not me. That's not my journey. Yep. Um, 
and I think that combined with like the breastfeeding, mm-hmm. um, having the C-section versus the um, yeah. vaginal birth, which I had planned for, you know, it's easy to kind of get down on, on your body mm-hmm. and feel like disappointed. And that, again, it's really reframing everything and saying like, you did everything right mm-hmm. because sitting in front of you is this beautiful child. Yeah. This beautiful child. And your body was a part of that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And hell like, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so like really, really loving your body and, and mm-hmm. like like where your body was a year before was beautiful and where it is now is beautiful. And so I think like not getting too stuck on like, well, I really want to fit in those old jeans. Okay. Um, Yep. Because, you know, unfortunately like the sisterhood of the traveling plants, like those jeans that magically fit everybody don't exist, you know? (laughs) So you got to get comfortable (laughs) with with jeans or or jeggings. (laughs) Jeggings. Yes. It's all about that stretch. Exactly. All about that stretch that you have. I love that. I love that. I love like turning off that noise and reframing it as like being proud of what our bodies can accomplish. And I think that's, I think that's fantastic. And I think that's pregnant or non-pregnant too. Like I, you know, I, I've talked to too many times. I love CrossFit and Mm -hmm. that really did help change my relationship with my body quite a bit to where I think I was mentally in a healthier place around it when I had um, Nova, Mm -hmm. but a lot of my focus became on what my body could do and accomplishing like things that were not about my weight, but about the weight I could lift. Yeah. Like, yeah, I love that. That's freaking awesome. And it has to be a part of it too, right? Like you have, and even if it's like doing 10 minutes of yoga or it's five minutes of lifting weights, like just give yourself whatever, like you're saying, like makes you happy and like Mm -hmm. just releases those endorphins for like a few minutes. Like I'm like, I think that's really all like you probably need in that moment. Yeah. Endorphins are great. (laughs) Especially when you've got like a thousand hormones, like coursing through your system. Again, that's like a whole, (laughs) that's a whole nother. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. Um, And then I think like, again, you know, one, so really quickly into having Nova, both Cordero and I realized things about our life were going to be very different. Mm -hmm. Um, it was 4th of July and they were having the fireworks and everyone, you know, every, I don't know what you know about Taunton, but Taunton seems to really love illegal fireworks. And so they're like everywhere for weeks before and weeks after any yeah. kind of holiday. Okay. So probably like, I think what tomorrow, like, like president's day, we're going to have them for like the next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, so we wanted to go see them. Cordero loves the fireworks and we were so excited to just kind of like drive around and find them and very like Im- impulsively, like we like doing like sporadic things like that. Yeah. It took us an hour <laughs> to get in the car and get down the street to find some fireworks because <laughs> we had to pack the diaper bag. We had right. to, Nova ready. Nova was hungry before we left. Nova went to the bathroom before we left. Like, <laughs> There were just so, so we were like, oh wow, like life is so much slower. Slower. <laughs> yeah. But uh, concurrently, it's also faster. Yeah. Because like a kid that like the day before couldn't crawl is all of a sudden crawling all over. Mm-hmm. So like it's just like this weird thing where time is slow and fast all yeah. at the same time. So I do think like we've had to like really adjust in that way. And also sure. recognize that time isn't always ours. Sure. Um, which is, is hard. Uh, it's, that's, a, that's a hard thing. Um, Reorganizing was, your time. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I would feel almost like selfish because I would still really want to do the things that I wanted to do. Sure. Um, that's normal. It, that's human. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I... Actually, it was Noel again. Crazy. He said, you know, it's not really selfish to still want to be some of who you were. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that yes, is true. I love that. I love that. That's kind of like the theme that we've stumbled upon in this, in this yeah. episode. I love it. Um, all right. So I guess kind of like final questions here. Um, so we talked about like, you know, if there's 
the things that people asked you that maybe you wouldn't have loved to have here. Um, are there anything, is there, are there questions that you wish people like would have asked you during or after, or just something like, would it have been nice to have someone reach out to you and say like, Hey, do you, do you need this? Like, how do you feel about that? Like, is there kind of anything that you would say is like, nice and safe to say it as either like someone pregnant or like a new mom. Yeah. Um, the big, one of the biggest things I thought of think of with about this is I wish more people asked about my husband. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I remember, um, doing like some sort of zoom get together. And one of our friends, husbands asked how Cordero was doing, And I messaged later and was like, thank you so much. It was the first time anyone had asked about Cordero in weeks. Yeah. And um, even through like the whole doctor process, I think the doctor asked him once how he was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was going through all of these changes too. Sure. And mind you, he's not going through all the hormonal changes and all that. It's not the same. Right. But it is a change. And he Mm -hmm. was there with me, supporting me through, um, you know, I struggle with postpartum. Yeah. And so he's there supporting me through this while adjusting to who he is as a new person. Mm. So I think asking husbands and dads or or partners, um, you know, whatever configuration of the co-parent is, asking how they're doing too. Also, I think supporting them around understanding postpartum mental health. Okay, sure. So I knew because I do have a history of anxiety and depression Mm -hmm. and because I do work with children and mothers um, and all families, but particularly children and mothers, um, I knew that I was probably at risk for postpartum. I started going back to therapy and just doing some work to kind of make sure I had things in place in case that was to happen. Um, but I think like there wasn't a lot of information for Cordero, like to understand like how, yeah, yeah, hormonally Mm. and, um, emotionally I was going to be impacted by having this child. And I think it would have been good for him to have it. So Mm. maybe he didn't feel so alone. Like, am I the only one that's going through this with their partner? Um, Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a huge, there's a huge, I think that is a stigma that like, that we, we need to rewrite uh, with, you know, with women and with postpartum depression. I think it's way more common than people realize that people, it's like, it seems like it's almost taboo. Like nobody wants to talk about it. Right. And like, we, you know, we were just watching the, um, the free Britney documentary. Oh, I want to see that. It's really good. But, but that part of it is I talk about like, she's very clearly at like one point going through postpartum depression. And I mean, obviously it's different, a little bit different because she's a celebrity, but like nobody's asking how she's doing. It's just like focusing on like the erratic behavior and like what she's actually doing. Like no one says like, well, how is her mental health? And I feel like there could be, a more open dialogue about postpartum and um, you know, so do you feel like as a new mom um, and obviously like, I get what you're saying, like asking the spouse or even, even if it's like parents and grandparents, whoever is raising, you know, this, this child of asking them how they're doing, but like, is it okay to ask a new mom? Like, how are you doing? Like, are you feeling okay? Like, you know, is there anything that you, like want to talk about like is it like just to check in with someone and make sure they're feeling like they're in a safe space to say like actually I'm really struggling yeah oh absolutely I think that it's it's really good like I said before the baby you're so central to everything and then Mm -hmm. after it's just like this immediate switch where it's like you're not prioritized at all any longer right so I think like asking people how they're doing and really nourishing and creating space to be very vulnerable around mm. that answer is important. Um, because people will loosely ask you how you're doing. Right, right. You know, like, how are you recovering? Mm-hmm. But if they if somebody is to really create a safe space for someone to really say, you know what, I'm really struggling. Um, mm. I don't know 
how to deal with this. Mm. Um, you know, I had, I had another mom, another friend who is a mom had a baby very close to me. And, and she was like telling me about like how triggered she was by her own past experience with her mother. And she Mm. had even thought that was going to ever come up. Right. Right. That that would have nothing to do with her experience and stuff like that happens. So like creating space where someone says that to you, you're not judging them and you're there to like lovingly hear them and listen. I think Mm. that's like such a beautiful and important thing. Um, the statistics I believe are one in four women do experience postpartum. Wow. Um, don't a hundred percent. It's an, it's a number in that range. Okay. Yeah. But it's pretty, pretty um, realistic scenario for a lot of, of women. I do feel like we talk about it more, mm-hmm. but we talk about it broadly, mm-hmm. not like the nitty gritty of it. So right. it's like the surface like, Oh, I struggled with this, but mm-hmm. um, it's like, what does that actually mean? Yeah, yeah, like it can be it can be really uh hard to want to talk about like the actual meaning of it. Like mm-hmm. for different people it can mean different things, but there's like some intrusive thoughts that come in your yeah. head that are like mm. scary to yourself. So to share them with somebody else is even more scary. Scary. Um so I think again, creating just like a really loving space where people know you're gonna be where the person you're asking how they're doing knows they can be received with care. Okay. So important. Awesome. Awesome. That's so good to know. That's so good to know. All right. So I guess like one last thing before we go. So we end on kind of like a, a high note. Yeah. <laughs> Since we got, we got into some real shit here, which I love. I and I'm like so glad that I was able to ask this, like why I wanted to do this little podcast. So we can ask these questions that we're like kind of lingering about and we want to like know what's so, you know, definitely. Um, so there's like all of these things, right? Like as a new mom, they're like, you have to buy this thing and you have to get this certain diaper dispenser. So I would say like, is there one thing that you think like new moms like really need? And is there one thing that like someone told you you had to have and it's like, you don't need that. It's fine. <laughs> there's so many things <laughs> that, you, that you have to have. have to have. And it's like totally fine to not have them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people did it for hundreds of thousands of years, right? Like birthing children without like a diaper genie. Exactly. So <laughs> I think like the one thing that you absolutely have to have is food. So whether you make it on your own Perfect. or formula. Okay. And diapers. Like yep. those are those are necessities. Those are the only two things where you really actually have to have a container awesome. for the food if you're doing formula. Other things, it just kind of depends on your baby. Like there were things that people recommended that worked super good for their babies and Nova could care less about it. (laughs) And then there have been things that like um, worked really good for Nova. Like one of our friends got me this thing, I think it's called like a magic Merlin. So he basically looked like a little bloom um, marshmallow. He was so cute. It's like a little like sleeping bag, except you know, like it's interesting. It's really cute. And he loved it. It was so helpful for him. It helped him really sleep, especially as we transitioned him to being in his own room. Yeah. Um, I will make sure they're clean, make sure they're fed everything else. Just see what your baby digs. Exactly. Because I gave that magic Merlin. I thought, oh, what a gift. I gave it to some, you know, a friend yeah. who was having a baby. Their baby was like miserable. Didn't <laughs> like it. So it, it really just depends. It okay. just keep your baby clean. But the, the, listen, obviously food and diapers are important. Yeah. But the biggest thing your baby needs is the biggest thing that all of us need. Mm. They just need to be loved. Loved. Yeah. They need to be loved. They just need to be aware that someone is going to be there when they cry Mm. and that someone cares about them, someone to smile and laugh at them. They just need to be loved. Just like all of us. Right. Right. And I think that that's like, yeah, really huge and kind of like, I think what are over overarching, overarching, (laughs) 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 what our theme here is like, Whatever you like, as long as like you and your baby are safe and healthy, just try to like, you know, reach out when you need it to the people around you that you know can help and just try to turn off all of the other noise around you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Just love your baby. Love yourself as much as you can. That's mm-hmm. a tall order sometimes. It's a tall order sometimes. It's a tall <laughs> order. Um, but love yourself enough to like be able to ask for help as you need it. Okay. Um, and then just also appreciate, again, w- the magic Merlin work for Nova doesn't work for somebody <laughs> else. So the advice that you do get from other moms, it might have worked for them. It might not be the right advice for you. That's okay. Yep. That's okay. It's okay. We're all different and we're all just trying to make it and survive. And um, yeah, just love yourself. Love your baby. Love whoever you're co-parenting with. Um, And, you know, precursor to all of that. (laughs) Make some beautiful friends. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, trust in them before you know. Trusting them to be there for you and allow them yeah. to be there for you. Yeah. One of the best things that ever happened to me after my son was born was uh, my best friend. You know, I say I opened the door to her. I, <laughs> listen, I she, what choice did I have? As soon as she knew I was in need, she would have been like crawling through the window. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> in a hazmat suit. like <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So like, you know, yeah. open the door. I love that. Well, this was awesome. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I mean, it might just be the two of us that listen to it, but (laughs) I know that I got something out of it, especially like even if I ever have kids down the road or even if I don't, just how I can like better communicate with new moms, like newly pregnant ladies. Like I feel like I definitely got a lot out of today. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to give you one final piece of advice. um, If you can tell I'm a little bit sick, Uh, before you have a baby, when you get sick, just be sick. Don't go into work. I mean, obviously with COVID, like now we can't really. Right. I think of all the times I went into work sick, like just thinking, oh, I had to go. Yep. Nope. Let yourself take the long bubble bath. Um, (laughs) Take the day off work if you can. Listen, I want to be mindful. Not everyone's situation with work is the same. Of course. Of course. If you can. Yes, just be sick and take care of yourself because, like, after you have a kid, <laughs> there's no sick days. There's no, I remember seeing that NyQuil commercial and being yes. like, come on, now I'm living it. So just be <laughs> sick. Just be sick. Let yourself pamper yourself as much as you can. I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you. It was. It was. And I, I'm sure we'll do like I definitely yeah. I want to do some like roundtable ladies discussions on like we play, like movies and uh, like music everything. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I love it. I love it. I'm so excited for you and for us and for yeah. all the women and men that will benefit from this podcast. Absolutely. We throw we 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 threw down some hard truths today. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I know, I know. And I, I just always want to say though, like everyone's experience is their own. Exactly. Everyone is and so and I think that's really what I want to like put out there is that like we like, yeah, we're all just trying to figure it out. Like we're all trying to make our way through this crazy world. But I think there are some ways that in which we can better relate to each other. And I think that there's a lot of um, just, I don't know, misinformation out there and that we're going to try to like sift through it and find the common ground that we can all like relate to just as humans. So we just treat each other a little bit better in the end. A little bit better. Yeah. I will also point out one more thing. I am in this Facebook group that a girl I went to CrossFit with started and it's actually like across the country and in other countries now yeah. and it's called Afterglow. It's a postpartum support group. Awesome. Um, I do recommend that. Like if you're worried about like being engaged in social media as you go through postpartum, because you know, it can be hard to f- filter mm-hmm. out. Um, this is a good group, I think, because it does at least give you that sense that you're not alone. Yeah, I think that there are definitely resources within social media that are great for that. Like if you are struggling with postpartum or if you're new to an area and you're trying to like meet other moms and you're just, you join the mom group, whatever town you're in. Um, Yeah, I think that it can be useful for resources. I think just the big thing to kind of remember, like you said, is that like these are other people's experiences. It might not work for you just to kind of remember that but like use it for when you think it will help you. Yes. And it's the same thing with anything with social media. It's also curated. It's curated. It's curated. Best (laughs) moments 
or the best framing of a moment. Like, yeah. so- and when you start to feel overwhelmed, put on a cat video. Yes. <laughs> Answer to all things. I have cat video. <laughs> when you start to feel like, should I like only be giving my kid organic oatmeal six out of seven meals? You know what? Cat video. All right. So consent 100%. Consent 100%. Love yourself. <laughs> yep. Cat videos. Cat videos. <laughs> <laughs> we have just fixed the world. Exactly. Cat videos. <laughs> and if you say you're allergic to cats or whatever, I don't want to hear it. The videos are not, the fur is not coming through and attacking you. Just absorb the love. Absorb it. Yes. <laughs> All right. I love you so much. Love you too. Have All a great right, Valentine's to hear how it Day. Goes. Bye. Bye. <laughs> So that was my interview with Jennifer Slash. She is a fantastic clinician. I hope that you guys learned something today. Uh, I hope that you liked it. And if you did, then continue listening and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.